On Air with JT. What's going on, everybody? You are listening to On Air with JT, and we have a very, very talented guest on this show. His name is JC Mendoza. He is a New York City-based comedian, and he is fucking hilarious. JC, what's going on, brother? JC, what's up, man? Thank you so much for having me. Uh, It's a pleasure to be talking to you, and it's a pleasure to be talking to somebody else that understands how important it is to go by two initials. You know what I'm saying? I feel like there's not enough of us in the world. You know what I'm saying? So JC, JT, it only makes sense that, that we get right. Exactly, brother. Yo, so uh, I came across your page. Uh, well, for, for, before I, I, I get to that point, I, I, I noticed that you performed at uh, the New York, New York, uh, what is it, the New York Comedy Club? And yeah, New York Comedy Club. That was actually the, the first time that I went to a comedy club was actually that, that club a couple years ago. Oh, that's what's up, man. It's such a, and I learned the history of behind it. You know, so many famous comedians have performed there. Uh, and it, it has so much history to it. And, you know, I'm sure you, you've performed at a lot of different other venues and clubs and things like that. But um, it's just awesome that I discovered you that way and, um, you know, checked out your page on Instagram. And uh, where, actually, where can people follow you on Instagram? Uh, Instagram, every social media, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter, all of that is at Peach Fuzz Poppy. All right, so Peach Fuzz, like on like the Peach, like Peach Fuzz, like the fuzz on the peach, and then Poppy P A P I, like Champagne Poppy, but Peach Fuzz Poppy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, awesome. So, when when did you start getting into comedy? I mean, did you get did you start like at a young age, or was it something that kind of came about later on in life? Yeah, so for me, uh, how I got into stand-up, I started later in life. Uh, I started, I found stand-up at around 23 years old. I started going to open mics and stuff like that. Um, In New York, I ended up like, I used to make funny Snapchat stories. And um, one of my stories got seen by, I don't know how connected you are with New York culture, but it got seen by uh, this guy called Cypher Sounds. He's a legendary Hot 97 DJ. I know. And yeah, so Cypher Sounds, big deal. He was... He saw my Snapchat because we had like a mutual friend and I used to make like funny Snapchat stories with like characters and stuff like that. And at the time he was producing for an MTV2 show called Joking Off, which was, it was like some, it was awful. It was a terrible show, but I was basically, he saw my Snapchat story and brought me into audition for it. And that was before I'd ever done any form of live comedy. I just did like funny videos. And then after auditioning for that show and making it like, I made it to like the final round of auditions. There was, like, a lot of cool comics. I got to meet Jesus and Mero, who were on that show. Like, Charlamagne the God, Andrew Schultz. Like, people that were, like, you, I don't know if you remember, like, the guy called Girl Code stuff that was happening on. Yeah, so, like, around that time, was all those guys moving around. So I got to, like, audition with, like, like I got to do a fake round of the game show with a bunch of them. And um, I did terrible. I absolutely bombed, like, a show that I had never done live comedy before. And then after that... Um, I stayed in contact with Cypher Sounds and he encouraged me to start stand-up. And I started doing open mics and stuff like that. But for, like, the first, like, five years, from, like, ages 23 to, like, 28, I was only doing open mics, like, sparingly. And then uh, around 2020, like, right during the pandemic, that's when uh, I started full pedal to the metal door shows and stuff like that. So I've been doing comedy for, like, for a while, but, like, seriously, since, like, 2020. That's when I really started picking it up. Well, I never really linked up with him. We just both auditioned for the same. Like, he was already on the show. 
and he was in the room when I did my audition. I never linked up with him. I want to. If you know, like, shoot him a text message. I would love to now. Yeah, I wish but, you know. Yeah, yeah. If you had if you had his number, if you had his number, you would have me on this show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But um, no, nah, we just happened like he was on the show that I was auditioning for. So oh, I never really met him. But that's that's how started. He he was big. It was like really idiot Charlamagne the God. They already had the podcast. Yeah, yeah, so he was big, but like now he's like he's approaching like new. Yeah, he's like new goat level. This is like pre Netflix and all of that. So yeah, he was he was a smaller deal then, but he was still everybody. I saw a lot of people still knew he was a comedy. Ask you as a comic, um, you know, during the pandemic, um, you know how Andrew Schultz started doing. He changed up his uh, content. How he was making those videos uh, where just like direct uh, punchline after punchline after punchline <laughs> videos and images. And I, f- I feel like he kind of definitely changed uh, the the way comedians promote their content in a way. Um, he kind of <laughs> revolutionized uh, a sort of a different technique and marketing uh comedy and with news and content all together i feel like. yeah for sure absolutely and shows is shows is always like for especially youtube wise like shows has always been kind of at the forefront of stand-up on youtube like he's huge on youtube before a lot of comments were so he kind of like he kind of bridged that gap between like the older generation like the ghost like chicago burn and then like the new generation coming like Schultz is, is, is really that bridge, especially because he utilized YouTube well before a lot of comics. He's kind of like the standard for that. It's, it's kind of like how Dane Cook with MySpace. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like you know, you see different comics come along and utilize different platforms. I feel like he was unless the, I'm missing somebody. Comic to, to really utilize MySpace to end up. Yeah, exactly. And you saw how it worked out real. And the same thing with Schultz and, and YouTube. I feel like he was the first one to really drop specials on YouTube and just push that content out. Yeah. So comedy full-time or do you have a, uh, a regular job during the day or what's so for me comedy I for me I consider comedy my full-time job like I consider it my you know my end-all be-all when I wake up it's what I think about is when I it's the last thing I do before I go to sleep like comedy is my job but you know comedy it doesn't pay the bills right away or sometimes for most people it takes time for stand-up comedy to be the thing that pays the bills so my day job Man, yeah, it's like 10,000 hours. They say you got to put in 10,000 hours before you really start making money. And that's, you know, that's a long time. So for me, my day job, I'm a middle school teacher by day. And then as soon as like 3.30 hits and I don't have no more kids in my classroom, I'm a comedian. So that's, that's I, I feel like I spend more time doing comedy, but I make more money teaching. But hopefully, you know, hopefully the right things happen and I don't ever have to step inside another classroom unless I'm like donating to a school ever again. Keep count 
if I had to guess, I'm probably like in my career. Well, well, Mike's probably more, but I don't really count Mike's as shows because it's different. So like actual shows, I'm probably coming up with like 500 and oh, wow. between between 2020 and now. But um, like a lot more this year than last year because you know I'm starting to get a little bit established in the scene, meeting a lot of different people, a lot of great producers that are giving me the opportunity to perform. So now I'm probably coming up on closer to, to 500 within the last few years. But there's comics in the city, man, that do 500 in like three months. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I'm trying to get to. Yeah, it's just like, how the fuck can you do that, though? You're, you're have to be, you have to do like two shows a night. Yeah, well, you know, you, you'd be surprised because in New York City, there's so much comedy. There's yeah. so many shows happening at one time. There's like 10 clubs, just clubs. And that, that, that doesn't even count all the independent shows that are happening at any given moment, of which like independent shows, bar shows, like... There's so much live comedy happening at any given moment after like 7 p.m. any day of the week. So if you if you get respected in enough circles and people know your name and know who you are, like you can bounce around. There's like there's comics that do like 10 to 15 spots a night. You know, full time comics that just bounce around all the time. They go do 15 here, they go do 10 here, they go get a guest spot here, and they end up running up like 15 to 20 a night. And that happens, you know, more regularly more regularly than you think. Like right now, I'm not about about a show a day. And, you know, hopefully the next time we speak, I'll, I'll be up to, like, two, three. That's awesome. No, no doubt that that'll be happening very soon for you, brother. You know, I want to sure. ask you this. So you're from New York. You know, I'm from Boston. Yes, you know, there's so many comics that come from New York City, and there's a lot of comics that come from Boston. And it's I want to see, I want to kind of hear your, your thoughts and analysis on the difference the difference between the, the style of comedy. Because in Boston, you know, you have, like, Bill Burr. You have Louis, yeah, yeah. Louis C.K. I think Patrice started in Boston too, if I'm not
it's crazy how, if you look at you know these comedians that are the famous comedians that you know are from Boston. They all had to move to New York City to really make yeah. it. Bill Burr, Louis C.K., Patrice O'Neill. They all they all had yeah. to move to New York City. Um, yeah, that's not. And I don't think that's because Boston is not funny. It's just there's so like I said, it's just so much comedy in New York. Like if stand up comedy is the thing that you want to do, you almost have to be in New York for some point of your career. Like, LA's a big deal, too, and there's great scenes in, in the United States. Like, Atlanta's an amazing scene. Chicago's an amazing scene. Uh, Philly has some of the best comics in the game coming from Philly. Like, these are all great scenes, but just volume-wise, you're not going to get up anywhere more than you're going to get up in New York. Like, there's just so much more stages, so many more people going to shows. Not people going to shows, but there's so many more shows happening at one time that you're just doing more. And stage time is everything in stand-up. Like, you can't substitute anything for stage time. So, like, the funniest comic in a place like Minnesota, where there are great comics, is only doing, like, two or three spots, maybe maybe five, six spots a week, where the funniest comic in New York is doing five, six spots a night. You know what I'm saying? So it's just time. Like, you're just getting way more stage time. So that's why everybody, at some point, if stand-up comedy is the thing that they want to do, New York is, is usually the place where it has to happen. So let me ask you this. So I've always wondered, have you ever been like heckled before? Oh, all the time, man. I get heckled all the time. And, you know, especially New York is like a lot of the shows that we do sometimes are like free shows or people get barked in off the streets, like tourists walking around. They get these people that come up to them like, hey, we have a comedy show. It's free. All you got to do is buy a couple drinks. And that's when people are like, oh, comedy show in New York, I'll go. That's what happened. So a lot of the time. That's what happened to me when I was in New York. Bro, that's a, a tale as old as time, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like. So, uh, yeah, I get heckled all the time. People get drunk. People just, people that didn't pay for this show want to give their two cents. You know, some, sometimes, especially in New York, people like when the show's about them. So they will interject and tell you some shit. And then, you know, if you hit rooms, like, you know, more uptown rooms, uh, like in Harlem and the Bronx, and your shit is not funny, they will tell you while you're on stage, like, yo, shut the fuck up. Get this shit the fuck out of here. Like, that, that part hasn't happened to me like that bad, but that happens, man. You got to come correct. Because New Yorkers, they will fucking let you know early. Wait, I, I, I'm drawing a blank. What was that? I don't know if it's still there, but that venue, it was like in the 90s. Uh, like Steve Harvey hosted it. It was like, a, like so many comedians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're talking about the Apollo? So it's yeah, like the Apollo? Apollo. That was, yeah. I, you know, if you, if you bombed there, then, you know. Yeah, they blew you off stage. They yeah. literally blew, they blew Jamie Foxx off stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Apollo's no joke. That's still there. They, I don't. I, and this could be wrong. I hope somebody listening they could tell you better. But uh, the Apollo is still a big theater, but like it does much bigger uh, acts now. Okay. So like I think they still have open mic nights, but I don't know exactly when they are, and I know they're not necessarily the same as they used to be. Like you don't get those big acts coming, but they still they they book bigger shows at the Apollo now than than open mics. So I mean, like I know it still exists, but a lot of comics don't. Like, it's not a place where new comics go to try out stuff. You know what I'm saying? And they don't book regular stand-up shows. They're more of like a, a theater where somebody big will come to town and sell out the Apollo. You know, it's not really just amateur acts as much, from what I know. I see. What, what's what's the, the, funniest thing, the funniest thing that a heckler said to you? Funniest thing a heckler's ever said to me, I was on stage once, and uh, I was doing a show called, um, uh, called Hort, no, what's it called? can't remember what it's called but it's run by this dude dan wicks in bushwick at this bar called house party okay. um and i was on stage and i'm having a decent set and then a lady in the crowd just takes her phone out and she pulls up a picture of sideshow bob <laughs> because she wanted me to know 
that I that she thought that I looked like Sideshow Bob. And while I'm on stage, I see the picture and I started dying laughing. I was like, that is the funniest thing. And then like I had her get up and show everybody and they started dying. So that was probably the funniest heckle that's ever happened. Because it was just out of nowhere. I wasn't even... Because I have some jokes where I reference what I look like. But like she unprompted, completely out of left field, just put the picture up. And didn't even talk to her, just put the picture up so I could see it. And I just thought, I thought it was so funny. It was hilarious because, like, I'm Puerto Rican. There was another Puerto Rican lady who did it. I was like, "Bitch, we are on the same team. Why would we fuck with you right now?" But it was, it was funny, man. I can't, I couldn't even mean that because I was laughing. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. So, uh, let me ask you. Uh, so, has there, who, who, what, what comedians inspired you to get into comedy, or like, what kind of comedians influenced you to kind of come up with your own unique style? Well, for sure, when I was younger, like, the comics that I really, you know, fucked with, I liked Chappelle and Kevin Hart. Chappelle, Hart, Rock were always my favorite comics growing up. So, like, when I used to be in a new place or at a different school, like, I would recite their routines to, like, make people laugh so I could make friends. So those three were always, like, who I thought were my goats. And, you know, Chappelle was obviously, I think Chappelle is the greatest of all time. So I, I used to just try to be like him. But as I started comedy and, you know, like, got more into it and found my own voice. It's, it's much more local comedians that I see that kind of inspired me more. And uh, the main three that I feel like I'm trying to, you know, pattern my, not pattern myself after, but that I see going after it and, and make me want to be better. I, this comic, his name is Jared Waters. He's from Tampa. He's a great comic. He's, like, 10 years in. He's amazing. He does. He's one of those comics that does, like, 10 shows a night. He's, and you, you guys don't know him, but you'll know him soon. Another guy is Julio Diaz. He's a comic also from New York. He just made his Netflix debut at the uh, Netflix's Joke Special. He's amazing. Like, a lot of the time I see his shit, and I, I just, I want I want to take the roof off of places like he does. And then the third comic that I'll give y'all is a young kid named Matthew Aravalo. He's 22, but he's like a, he's like a savant. He's like a prodigy. He started when he was 15 out in Long Island, and he's been doing it for, like, eight years already. And, like, every time he touches a stage, like, it feels so conversational. Like, even if I've seen him do the joke before, it feels new every time. So I would say those three guys, Jared Waters, Julio Diaz, Matthew Arvalo, those are the three that inspired me the most to, to kind of keep going. Okay. Um, let's see. Who do you... So, What do you think about... Have you have you ever heard of uh, Sam Kennison? Sam Kennison, the name sounds familiar, but I'm not as big a stand-up nerd as I wish I was. Uh, you know, because sometimes, sometimes we watch a stand-up you watch too much as, a, as an up-and-coming comic, and then you see somebody with a premise close to yours, and it makes you feel like you have the same joke, and then you stop telling the joke, and it kind of fucks with your creative process. So then, like, I don't really watch too much online comedy. All the comedy I watch is, is just when I'm at shows with my peers. Okay. So, Kenneth, I, it sounds familiar. I just don't know it off the top of my head. Okay, I see. Oh, uh, yeah, nothing wrong with that. Um, and, yeah, it's also good, like you said, you know, it's good, it's all, it's, it's good to, you know, be in the... the creative mode where you're not being distracted also by you know other content and stuff where you're able to um, actually put put in time and put in energy to, to create your own content without you know um, having some thoughts about did this person say that or did this, this yeah for sure this kind of it, gets, it, gets, it gets exhausting yeah I'm, I'm sure I can only I can only imagine um, so let me ask you this so what's what's your like What's your goal? What, what do you, where do you picture yourself in 
five to ten years, like, what, what do you want to happen with, with you in comedy? Because I know so, it's going to work out. Yeah, I appreciate that, man, for real. Uh, my most immediate goal is, um, like I was talking about before, there are comics in this city that wherever they show up, they can get on stage because everybody, whoever, whoever, everybody who's anybody that's booking the shows or producing the shows knows who they are. And my first goal within five years, I want to be one of the comics in New York City that wherever I pop up, whether it be a bar show or the biggest club in the city, like wherever I pull up, I want everybody to know who I am that works there and be able to get on any stage at any time because everybody knows that if they need 15 minutes, I'm the guy to call. Or like every time I touch stage, the crowd is bad, call JC. If you need somebody to open it, close the show, open the show, call JC. That's my first goal is in five years, I want to be certified everywhere in New York City, passed at every club, in every show. And then 10 years, that's honestly, man, I don't even know. I can't even think that big. I'm just, it's, it's a long time and so many things change. But uh, my first goal is to be good in, in New York. And then, you know, beyond that, after those five years, I probably want to get into writing for TV shows, maybe writing my own show, something that I can actually pay my bills with so I don't have to teach anymore. And that's like five years I want to be performing everywhere and then hopefully making enough money uh, from stand-up and comedy and entertainment to not have to work a day job. It will happen, man. The law of attraction is real. <laughs> oh, so, man. Appreciate that. Uh, so, uh, again, where can people follow you? Just uh, one more time, so people, just in case they're doing Yeah, it. for sure. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at Peach Fuzz Poppy. P-E-A-C-H-F-U-Z-Z-P-A-P-I, no spaces, Peach Fuzz Poppy. And then uh, if you ever uh, want to see me perform, you can come check uh, my link tree. has all of the dates of the shows that I perform at and produce. Uh, it is called... It's a link tree slash JC Mendoza. And then the last thing I'm going to plug, I have a big show coming up. I don't know when this podcast is going to come out, but if it comes out before next week. Um, if, you're, if you're in New York City on uh, November 7th, November 7th, I'm doing New York Comedy Festival, a show that I produce called Brownish. It's going to be at New York Comedy Club at the Gramercy location at 7 o'clock. we got some of the biggest Latino comics in the world coming through to show out and have a great time and I'm very excited about that. That's awesome man. I wish you the best. And if you guys are in New York City, you have to go and attend this because if not, you're gonna miss out on an incredible opportunity. Uh, Thanks man. Blow me up. Make me quit my job son. I need your help. <laughs> I got you brother. I got you. Appreciate and so, when man. I come Thank to New York you. City man, we gotta link up. I wanna see you perform. Or if you come to whatever happens, we'll figure it out. We gotta we'll got uh, you. Gotta got you never bro. All right, man, appreciate JC, you, JC. I appreciate you, man. You have a good one, and uh, stay at it, because uh, you got it. Yes, sir. Much love, man. Thank you guys so much. All right, brother. Have a good day. You too, man. Thank you. You're listening to On Air with JT. What's going on, everybody? JT here. I just want to let you guys know that season 13, the new season, is coming January 9th, 2023. If you are a business, a brand, a company, or someone that has a product or service that you would like to be promoted on this podcast, email me directly now at onairwithjt at gmail.com because we have exclusive, cheap rates for the amount of listeners and viewers that I have, you will not find a better deal.
promote on On Air with JT and contact me now at onairwithjt at gmail.com. You can also go to onairwithjt.com.